Welcome to Food with Mark Bittman. As always, you can reach out to us at food at markbittman.com. We'd love to hear from you. Ask us questions, tell us answers, give us suggestions, kvetch, whatever you like. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and rate it. Give it five stars, six for that matter. And um, visit our website, markbittman.com, and consider subscribing to our near-daily newsletter, The Bitman Project, at bitmanproject.com. We have many things going on, and we are increasingly making them better and tying them together. But we really do rely on suggestions and comments from you. So reach out to us at food at markbittman.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, you could say that stupid thing about how today's guests needs no introduction, huh? But um, we promised you someone awesome this week, and we have with us Alice Waters. Um, what can you say? Let's see. I'm winging this. Alice Waters founded Chez Panisse 50 years ago, roughly. Chez Panisse has been, in my estimation, among the five best restaurants every year since it's been founded. I've been going there for not quite 50 years. I think the first time I went was in 73, 74. So I've been going for a while. And when I lived in Berkeley uh, six or eight years ago, I was going all the time. But it doesn't matter. Chez Panisse is really, really good, consistently among the best because of Alice's talents and Alice's ability to recognize other people's talents, but for other reasons too. Because if you want to consider not just your eating experience, but the 
overall importance of a restaurant, Chez Panisse has been the most important restaurant in the United States over the last 50 years. Alice's attitude toward cooking, toward serving, towards sourcing, especially dealing with farmers, has been exemplary, amazing, exceptional. And that's been a really important thing. But Alice never stopped with Chez Panisse. Alice, as you all know, uh, created Edible Schoolyard, and that is an important thing in and of itself. She argues that food should be at the center of every education. That's what that's what edible education means, that kids should do their learning around subjects like food, that you can learn math and history and sociology and everything else through food, and that that is a good way to learn that. That's a solid argument. Alice didn't stop there either. She is now arguing correctly that food is about democracy and that equal access to food is more important than equal access to anything else. So if you want uh, a fair and just society, you have to talk about equal access to food. And Alice is doing that. I will stop um, because we'll cover a bunch of this stuff. I think that really sums it up, though. You have a woman who founded a terrific eating restaurant with great principles, took those principles and applied them to a second project that was pioneering called Edible Schoolyard, and now is working on even more projects. So she's one of my favorite people from a personal perspective. Someone I love and adore has never let me down. And I mean that seriously. Yeah, someone we should all admire, an American hero, Alice Waters. So here is our interview with Alice, and I'll be back with a recipe and with some comments a little bit later. Introductorily, I wanted to say, you know, that we're friends and that we talk. I know we know where each other is at, and I, we're we're lucky enough, or at least I'm lucky enough to know you well. And uh, I know your history, and I know all these things that make you unique and wonderful, And but I think Attention-wise, Chez Panisse has sort of outshone Edible Schoolyard, but Edible Schoolyard has now been around for 30 years or so, and it's an incredibly important organization. And since its primary focus is on feeding our children well and teaching our children how to nurture themselves, I think it's worth talking about the beginnings of that. How Chez Panisse led to Edible Schoolyard. One day, I got a phone call from the principal of Martin Luther King Middle School, which is on my way to Chapinese every day. I walk by and see this place that looks abandoned with graffiti on the windows and all of that. And I made a comment in the newspaper about how public schools have really fallen apart in the last 30, 40 years. When I went to Berkeley, UC was number one in the country, and public schools in California were number one. Now they're number 47th in terms of academic achievement. And so I guess I wasn't surprised when the principal called me up and said, would you come help me beautify the school? So I went over there, and it was a school that was built on 17 acres of land. 
in 1921. And so it had all of this space. Part of it had been turned into a track that was used by the city, but another area had had temporary buildings on it because it was built for 500 kids and they had a thousand who spoke 22 different languages at home. And teenagers, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. And I walked around the campus with Neil Smith, the principal, and I just had this whole vision for what could happen there. Being the Montessori teacher I am, I just immediately thought of a garden classroom and a kitchen classroom, but not for teaching gardening or cooking per se, but for teaching all of the academic subjects. So you could teach history of the Middle East in the kitchen, and you could be cooking pita bread, making hummus and greens. and, And then I thought about the garden and Math class is, or biology, it's obvious, but it could even be a place for music or art, the history of of agriculture. It is so flexible, that kind of space. And then I imagined a cafeteria out on the blacktop, and I told Neil, We could build a space that was so beautiful for all of these students to eat in. And he said, oh, thanks so much, Alice. (laughs) I'll give you a call. (laughs) And I never expected to hear from him again. And he called me back. He said, we're ready. We're ready to do it. And he never put any pressure on me to do it in any particular way. He said, bring in teachers that you think would be good. Find the right people. And I'm not asking you for, you know, credentials in teaching. I want you to make this work. And he was willing to take all the responsibility for it, which is very, very rare. And I said, oh, my God. (laughs) We'll use this temporary building and turn it into a kitchen, clear the land behind it, which was almost an acre, and turn it into a garden. And from the very beginning, students wanted to come and teachers wanted to teach in that space. Here we are almost 27 years later. And without any real work on our part, we have a network around the world of 6,700 schools and countries, not just Japan and Italy and France, but in Uruguay and Saudi Arabia. Unbelievable. But I think everybody relates to the human values that we are teaching, uh, the values that we really need to live on this planet together. And they're all the same, stewardship of the land, 
teaching equity, sitting around the table, sharing food. We're teaching beauty, beauty of nature, beauty of food, how precious it is. When they grow it and they cook it, all the kids eat it, no matter what it is. (laughs) I always say six weeks to kale. (laughs) They really are sort of empowered, I think is, is the right word. And they're seduced in a way by the the aromas of the cooking and all of the using all of our senses to experience food. And that is rarely the case in our fast food world. We're not using our senses to experience seasonal food, which is changing all of the time. I wanted to say before I forget that one of my son's favorite episodes of Mr. Rogers was the edible schoolyard episode. And I had to bring it up because we watched it so many times. And I think it aired in 2000, which was that shortly after you started Edible Schoolyard, maybe five years in. Um, And the episode showcases the garden and the kids cooking together. And we just loved it so much. And I wanted to know... Was that the moment that you realized that the project had hit a nerve? Or was it before that? Because Mr. Rogers, I mean, that's that's a big <laughs> deal, baby. <laughs> well, we were all so excited when he wanted to come. Really, really excited. But we were pretty well established by that time because it started in 96, 95. And we had the classroom and garden classroom, kitchen and garden, both very much part of the whole curriculum of the school. He loved the kitchen. <laughs> he did. Just like the most lovable man alive. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, we, we missed you on the episode, though. <laughs> I kept thinking, is Alice going to show up? But it's... Yeah, it was one of his favorites. So maybe it's a, maybe it's a sign of things to come. I hope so. Really. Where did I meet that guy? I met that guy somewhere. Mister Rogers must have been on the Today Show, and yeah. I, ne- I had never met him before. And I just walked up to him and gave him a hug, which I, you know, I don't do to anybody. So he just had that thing. You just had to hug him. It's crazy. I'm wondering when you started to make the c- connection between. Edible Schoolyard and Democracy. I, I can almost remember the first time I had this conversation with you where you began to talk about public education being the last bastion of democracy and, and the link between what we taught in schools and just defending democracy. And, you know, I'm sure you've talked to her about it, but Francis Moore LePay sort of made that transition too. She now says things like, we don't want to talk about food. We want to talk about democracy because you can't talk about food without talking about democracy. What was there a transitional period for this about this for you or, or was it a lightning flash or did you always think this and it just became more present in your conversations? I guess I've always thought that, but it, it definitely the whole public school system has changed. So, 
dramatically in the last 30, 40 years. I mean, it's been industrialized like the farms, you know, one size fits all. Everybody has the same curriculum, even though it goes state by state. It's just been taken over by the rules and regulations that you have to follow. And all of a sudden, there are chain link fences up around the schools. There's all of this fear about people coming on campuses and guns and all of the above. And we've lost the sense of community, not only within the schools, but with the community outside. And I just remember when I was a kid in the 50s, you know, the parents always came on the campus, picked up kids after school. There was an informality about meeting the teachers. And it was a shock when I really went into the King School and saw what was going on because it was so different from my experience. And um, I really wondered about how are we going to teach our children the values that we need to live on the planet together? How are we going to talk about equity unless we invite all the children to the table? <laughs> You know, to share food and eat together. I mean, it's just all part of it. It's about really making friends, the boys and the girls, and to have an experience of cooking and gardening when cooking has mostly been associated with girls and, of course, digging in the garden with boys. And you're having this exchange of jobs and you're working together. And it brings these students together in a very different way. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. The notion of public education being the last bastion of democracy. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, I believe that because if we don't teach our children the values of our democracy, how are they going to become citizens? How are they going to learn that? 
it's very difficult for them to learn it at home, especially when two parents are working or one in two people is divorced in this country. What does that mean? And uh, we never talk about it. But the schools are a place to practice democracy, <laughs> really, to give everybody a chance to speak. Everybody's opinion is valuable. It's the way that we run Japanese. It's a way, it's about regenerative farming, <laughs> I dare say. When you realize that every little bug in the soil, every worm, every, everything in that soil contributes to the health of the vegetable that's grown. And that vegetable, then, when you eat it, has the possibility of repairing our immune systems. <laughs> what could be better? That it's delicious, it repairs our immune system, and it addresses climate. I do love thinking about it as a life cycle like that. And it's I don't I don't know that people in general think about that on a regular basis, but we've got this children's book called Carl and the Meaning of Life, and it's about a worm. <laughs> and Great it's really good. And I think the worm gets tired one day and he's kind of like, I don't have a purpose. I'm just gonna stop. And then, like, everything stops. I, I mean, nothing grows and the world becomes a horrible place. And then he's like, oh, I'm actually really important. But I just love thinking about it that way. And I don't know that many of us do that. It's just such a beautiful thing. The way that you said it was so eloquent. I really believe it's the senses that are the pathways into our mind. And our sense of taste is extremely powerful. And when you're putting something in your mouth that has just been picked from the tree, a fruit or a, or a berry, particularly because they're so irresistible, you kind of are awakened by it. And that's something that we always had in our experience way back before the 50s, even in the 40s. I mean, we didn't have any pesticides in the ground then. And we ate only food that was local. We didn't import anything except coffee, tea, and spices. And maybe we had a, a date from California and New Jersey at Christmas or maybe an orange from Florida. But that was it. That's all we had. And so we experienced a tomato in summer that was amazing. And we anticipated its arrival with a lot of excitement. And in the wintertime, we ate differently. Sadly, my mother wasn't a good cook, so <laughs> it was hard times. But it was always local food, really. I mean, frozen sometimes or canned, canned applesauce from our tree. But we have to go back there. We do. And I think it's 
really the place of great sensorial experience <laughs> to eat exactly in season. And when that's over, you go to the next thing and then the next thing. And you're connected to nature all of the time. I eat that way, of course. And I was I was just thinking last night I made this um I made this dish of layered vegetables and it was the vegetables that were in the house and it was potatoes and shallots and uh bell pepper and tomatoes. That's what there is. And I thought, wow, I really miss zucchini. And it's only been about two weeks since we had <laughs> zucchini, but there's not gonna be any zucchini <laughs> until next June or July. I mean, sometimes I do cheat and go to the supermarket and buy a zucchini, but um, there's not going to be a real zucchini for, you know, 10 months now or eight months. Well, I'm shelling the beans right now. Uh, so yeah, we're eating a lot of beans. Freezing the beans so I can have them. Yeah. And thing the tomatoes. That's my favorite. Just well, well, okay, well, let's get a recipe out of you just for a second. What do we mean by confiting the tomatoes? Well, I call it that, but... It's probably a little bit not the right word, but I put the tomatoes, I just core them and skin and all. I put them in a pan very tightly with olive oil all over and uh, garlic. And I usually throw in some basil as well and some salt. And I let them cook till they're just about falling apart. And then I just slip off the skin and you have this tomato sauce basically ready for winter. And you freeze that, yeah? And I freeze that or can that. Yeah. Just to go back to one more question about Edible Schoolyard, I think, mm -hmm. is in those areas where it has been successful, what have what have parents and community members done to sort of spur on their school systems to to take food more seriously? Well, I can just really talk about King, which has a parent organization that became very involved in helping us at the beginning. But I think that that is the case with many, many, many of the edible schoolyards around this country. And there are schoolyards in every state. I'm just about to go to New York to um, the uh, one in Harlem that was started by one of the original edible schoolyards that we created to have a proof of concept with this idea work in a big city? Would it work in a cold climate? Would it work in a hot climate? And so we started one in, in LA, one in New Orleans, one in North Carolina, one in Brooklyn, and one in upstate New York. And guess what? <laughs> it works everywhere. And to go to New Orleans and see how the culture of that place is brought into the school through the songs they sing in the garden, the, the, the food that they cook in the kitchen classroom. I was so impressed when I went there. And in New York, 
they built a greenhouse, a movable greenhouse, so they could move it away in the summer and bring it in in the winter. They had an architect who designed it, and I was just, again, so taken by that, because we do need greenhousing, like Elliot Coleman up there in Maine. Mm -hmm. He stays open all winter and grows salads for the schools. And then in the summer, he closes when all those, those foods are available in Maine. And so we just have to think differently in different climates and different cultures. But we can learn so much from this. <laughs> I'm excited about the network and would that I could go visit all 6,500 schools. Yeah, that'd be something. <laughs> I think listeners would be disappointed if I didn't ask how Chez is doing, especially in light of the pandemic when so many restaurants yeah. have had so much trouble. Well, we're struggling too at Chez And I know that we've hired a lot of new young people, but we wanted to keep all of our staff there during the pandemic, all of the key staff, the chefs, the main people from the dining room. And we were able to do that with our stimulus money. And we did food to go. Uh, We created a farmer's market (laughs) next door in the post office parking Mm -hmm. lot on the weekend. And we were able to really keep all of our farmers and ranchers alive. And that was key to our being able to open again, of course. And it's only been very difficult because of the opening and closing when something new around COVID is revealed and or a key person is sick, we can't do without a major chef. And I am happy to say that we have a lot of support from our community of friends. The restaurant's always been a place for local people. And they came regularly to pick up food, to go to the farmer's market, And so we've been able to stay afloat. But it's been strangely difficult to hire people. And even when we pay well and have all of the benefits that we've always had when we've run this this restaurant in a really collaborative way, it's still difficult. And I'm wondering what people are doing. To make a living. Right. That is a question a lot of people are asking. And what's the answer, Mark? <laughs> you know, I've there's talk about people getting paid $35 and $40 an hour plus benefits to work in restaurants. But there's also talk of people saying, you know, someone said to me, think of the worst job you ever had. And think about how little you miss, you'd miss you miss it if you left. And for many people, that's what restaurant work has been like. And, I, you know, I can't speak specifically to Chez Panisse, of course, where things are different. But I think for many people in the restaurant industry, when they stopped working, they thought, oh, 
I was being paid badly and it was really miserable work. Let's figure out something else. And they figured out something else in a variety of different ways, I think. And yeah, I mean, the big answer is not there. The the sort of definitive answers aren't there yet, but, but they're coming, I guess. I've always wanted meaningful work for myself. And I figured even when I started the restaurant, I loved the idea of it. But if it didn't work, it didn't work. And I'd do something else. And that was the way that we thought about things in the 60s. And I would hope that if there were this stimulus to in the public school system to purchase food that was locally available and organic and regenerative and the people who worked in agriculture could be paid the real cost i think that could be the most meaningful work to be in nature to grow food for children in schools i mean grown by people who really understand the values and um, the way that we have abused farm workers is something unconscionable. We need another grape strike. (laughs) Yeah. I think about Dolores Radcliffe all the time, and she is somebody who was so important to me as a, a as an activist because she was so hopeful and so successful and so caring about the farm workers and we can be that way again we can think about where they're living how hard they're working just to Imagine an agriculture without pesticides and herbicides. I, I, you know, this is the 60th anniversary of Silent Spring. Mm. Rachel Carson. And just an aside, I just went, hey, I'm getting a Rachel Carson, George Washington Carver Award. In Detroit next week. Oh, that's great! Congratulations. And I'm just, I'm just over the moon. I don't even mm-hmm. know what to say. I mean, I, I can't say anything. I have tears in my eyes just thinking about it. Is it even better than Mr. Rogers, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> well, we will let you go. It's a privilege, as always, and a pleasure to see you and talk with you. Thank you, Alice. Bye. Bye. I was Alice's editor once. I guess so. I was at Cook's Magazine, predecessor of Cook's Illustrated. I remember she did a recipe for turnips with turnip tops. And I thought, geez, what is this? This is nothing. And of course, it was like brilliantly simple and brilliantly good. And as usual, sourced perfectly. And to use my favorite saying of Alice's, you got to take good ingredients and not screw them up. So here's a perfect and seasonal example of that. Alice Waters' colorful carrots with butter and honey. You start with two to four carrots per person, medium-sized. It's a great if there are a variety of colors and some butter and some honey. You trim the carrots, cut the greens off, leave a little bit of the stem, 
peel the carrots, but very lightly. Wash them. If they're big, cut them in half lengthwise, but you can leave small ones whole. Put them in a pan with a half an inch of water over high heat with a small knob of butter per person. I'll take that to mean a tablespoon per person and add salt to taste. Then cover the pan and cook until the carrots are just tender. Remove the lid, lower the heat, add a little bit of honey. In this case, I'd say maybe a teaspoon of per person to taste, let's say. And you cook that, you glaze it. You cook until the water's gone and the carrots are gilded with a shiny glaze of butter and honey. That's This recipe works for every root vegetable, by the way, and it's wonderful. Remove from the pan and serve right away. Uh, Alice likes chervil or dill on top of this. Parsley is also awesome, or a tiny bit of tarragon. Colorful glazed carrots with butter and honey from Alice Waters. Well, I think I went on about Alice enough. As I said, one of my favorite people. Thank you to Alice for coming on the show with us. You can follow her on Instagram at Alice Louise Waters. Now you know her middle name too. A-L-I-C-E-L-O-U-I-S-E Waters. And at Twitter at Alice Waters. Find out more about Edible Schoolyard at edibleschoolyard.org or on Instagram at edibleschoolyard. And on Twitter at Edible Schoolyard without an A, so E-D-I-B-L-E-S-C-H-O-O-L-Y-R-D. I guess that's it for this week. Thanks to my co-host, Kate Bittman, who also produces the show. And thanks to our engineer, Davis Lloyd. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe and to visit us at markbittman.com or at bittmanproject.com. Subscribe there, too. And um, we will see you next week when we will have somebody amazing. Have a good week. Thank you again for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.